subject, you know it will be done with great taste, but it leaves the way open for the boys who want to make a quick buck by turning out dirty pictures. Did Rock Hudson consider his own sexuality a vice, or might he have been expressing such views to hide it? Suppose we ask it this way, what power was he seeking to maintain through this view of vice? The power that accompanies stardom, I suspect. And if so, suppose we ask, what groups in 1962 had the power to bestow stardom? Groups and power also figure into the director Hudson mentioned. William Wyler's much-lauded films included Mrs. Miniver, 1942, The Best Years of Our Lives, 1946, Ben-Hur, 1959, and The Year Before Hudson's Remark, The Children's Hour, based on Lillian Hellman's play by the same name, which depicted the shattering impact of a rumor that two teachers were lesbians. In fact, Weiler directed two films based on this 1934 Broadway play. The first, released in 1936, changed the title to These Three and changed the rumor to being one of the teachers having slept with the other's fiancé. In the 1930s, references to a long-term monogamous same-sex relationship were evidently viewed as acceptable to the groups that predominated in a Broadway audience, but not to the groups that predominated in a movie audience. Yet those very same references were acceptable in movies by the 1960s, which Hollywood recognized, to Rock's consternation, by altering that aspect of its motion picture production code. Which brings us back to Aristotle, who addressed vice in entertainment. He emphasized that, in comedy, vice is depicted for laughs, and, he noted, that's a good use of vice in entertainment, since it ridicules vice. In tragedy, he pointed out, vice is not presented for laughs, but as the cause of our concern, and we witness the damage it does. Also a good thing to do, said he, and said the motion picture production code for many years by prohibiting films in which crime or vice was not punished. But not everyone is sure of all that today. Regarding both unpunished violence in entertainment and cartoon violence, one of its most outspoken opponents is herself a cartoon, Marge Simpson, from the longest-running television series, The Simpsons. In one episode, Marge crusaded against the graphic violence in The Itchy and Scratchy Show, a cat-and-mouse cartoon show her children, Bart and Lisa, frequently watch. Stepping out of Marge's TV world and into our own, we find that many Americans agree with Marge that cartoon violence is a vice. In 1991, a 14-year-old viewer wrote a letter to the editor of the New York Times complaining about an episode of The Simpsons in which Maggie, the baby, seeing a mouse hit a cat over the head with a mallet, then hit Homer Simpson, the father, over the head with a mallet. Setting aside for the moment this idea of views of vice serving the interests of those who hold power, let's ask, as this book will continue to ask, a very important question. Does vice lead to crime? Or, to put it more specifically for this instance, do depictions of violence, even cartoon violence, engender violence? The same year that the 14-year-old girl wrote her letter to the New York Times, syndicated columnist Ray Richmond told readers, You probably haven't heard the story of a certain vile individual in New York City who actually put a lit firecracker inside the mouth of a kitten and blew up the poor animal. 
We bring this up on the TV page because at least one woman is convinced that this horrendous, unfathomable act was perpetrated by someone imitating the actions of Itchy and Scratchy, the cat-and-mouse cartoon characters on The Simpsons. Their actions inspired the viewer to charge in her letter to WNYW-TV that Itchy and Scratchy sent a dangerous message of violence. Maybe that viewer was overreacting to an isolated psycho. On the other hand, Chicago's highly respected reviewer Richard Christensen wrote in 1993, Sociological and psychological studies are demonstrating with regularity that youngsters are indeed influenced by the violence they see in so-called television programming, a disturbing condition that is treated satirically in The Simpsons, where cartoon kitties Bart and Lisa Simpson sit entranced in front of the TV set while they watch the bloody cartoons of The Itchy and Scratchy Show. What to do? What to do? The issue has perplexed many a lawmaker, including Senator Paul Simon, Democrat, Illinois.